everybody, it is me, Max. Welcome into the Soccer OG, episode 155. We've done it. We have navigated through another European season, but so much more to look ahead to. The Champions League means... And really, this is the end of an incredible two, three-year stretch with COVID and the Winter World Cup. So take a deep breath, but not too long, because we'll be right back at it. We're getting you ready for the summertime with regards to the U.S. Men's National Team, the Nations League, the Gold Cup, etc., etc. The arrival of Lionel Messi, which we didn't get to talk about last week, but we'll talk a little bit about today. A reminder to rate, review, download, and subscribe. Tell a friend of our little podcast all over the world. Our international audience coming back for more and more. We appreciate you. Great show this week. We'll be joined by Michele Giannone, who is with Tudene, Tudene and Univision. He uh, covers this beautiful game all over. Saw him at the CONCACAF Champions League final. He's with the U.S. Men's National Team. We will focus in on that because the Nations League coming up on Thursday, USA-Mexico, possibly a final uh, a few days later. So we will talk all about that. The coaching search, when we'll see Flo Balogun, how much of him we'll see, we'll answer all those questions. At least we think we will. Coming up in stoppage time, I'll give you all my thoughts on the Champions League final. A lot to absorb, so I want to take a little extra time to indulge you. I promise you on the OG, and we I, I hear everything's out there, you're going to hear takes about games like the Champions League that you won't hear anywhere else. I'm not saying they're better or smarter. I'm saying they are different, and in many ways they are better and smarter uh, because uh, my... my my beautiful mind in the world of soccer processes things very differently. We got a good show. Great interview with Michele. I already recorded, so we'll get to that. Before that, hey, let's just get started. So here we are. Yes, the uh, Lionel Messi news broke. By the way, I'll save the Champions League talk for later. I'll save the U.S. Men's National Team talk for later also because we will get deep into that with Michele Giannone, who is on his way to Las Vegas for the Nations League. I am going to ask him a question, though. What he thinks about my uh, epiphany, so to speak, and that is with all the stuff going on with the coaching search, with all the players sounding off uh, in on behalf of Greg Berhalter, I, for the first time since the end of the World Cup, feel that Greg Berhalter will be the man in charge heading into 2026. Don't shoot the messenger because I know, uh, but look, Greg Berhalter, look, it's, it's kind of a situation of if you're getting a play, a coach of a similar profile, do you really make that big switch if you have a guy that clearly the star players like? Not all of them, but a lot of them are going out of their way to tell you how much they appreciate Greg Berhalter. And if nothing seems to be fitting elsewhere, then path of least resistance. It's not the path of least resistance because bringing back Greg Berhalter will be a bit of a firestorm. You'll have to answer a lot of questions. But I I would have not have said this a week ago, would not have said this a month ago. I'm saying it now after I heard two players sound off on Greg Berhalter, and I know that they are conferring with the players because the players now have clout. Four years ago, when this all began, or two, three years ago with the World Cup qualifying, they did not, but they do now. And they will be listened to among many others uh, as Matt Crocker will make his decision. But we'll talk about the U.S. soccer in a little bit. 
Champions League, as tempted as I want to get into it, and I don't want to bury the Champions League, but we'll save that for stoppage time. Lionel Messi coming to Major League Soccer was a huge bombshell. I talked to uh, Michele a little bit about that. And I don't want to say, look, it, people are saturating it. It's kind of, you know, it, it's like an arms race to see who can tweet as much or post as much uh, messy content. And this thing's going to be dormant for a little bit. He's in the Far East with Argentina. I imagine, you know, he's not going to be eligible to play till early July. So uh, he begins his immersion in a couple of weeks. He hasn't signed anything yet, right? I mean, this thing could go belly up still. So uh, we, we we wait for that, but this is is huge in so many ways. We've we, we've already heard about how Inter Miami is benefiting from the social media side. I imagine Major League Soccer is as well. By the way, I was in Salt Lake again this weekend, and uh, there were goals everywhere. Maybe including the goal of the year scored by Lucas Celerian in MLS. I had Cero a Cero with Real Salt Lake in New York City FC heading to the Big Apple next week. So. Maybe I'll say hello to anyone who's down there at Yankee Stadium. Come by and say hello. Um, the travel schedule is 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 difficult, but we're battling through it. Uh, just got to get a good night's sleep every now and then. I'm not sleeping so much. I'm too old not to sleep. So, uh, you know, MLS is going to benefit. The subscriber numbers are going to go up just because everyone wants a piece of messy. I'm curious about... How other players, you know, these talks about Neymar maybe going. Uh, Kylian Mbappe is a free agent. Will he come over? I don't know. I don't think Kylian Mbappe. Uh, I truly believe that MLS, Messi is the, is the big one. And it will draw new players. And it'll get people talking about MLS all over the planet. Because you have the best or the most popular player. I don't know if you can, look, it's weird with the semantics. Is he the best player in the world? Um... If you bring in all the data, he's probably not. But there's not there's no athlete or celebrity as big as he is. Maybe Taylor Swift is one of his in his uh, stratosphere. Uh, but this is singular. Cristiano Ronaldo or Neymar or David Beckham back in the day or Zinedine. No one could have had the impact of Messi coming at his height after winning a World Cup. What's next is to me the it, because you know I heard Stu Holden talking about it. You have the hook. What do you do now that you have it? It can't just be messy, right? It's got to be a cavalcade of not just older stars. New stars want to come to this league. I think you need American stars. You know, if I was a club, I would I would look at Christian Pulisic. Not that he would come, but offer a huge deal for him. Say, look, you want to be the American face of MLS? Uh, let's see if we can make it happen. And maybe if not him, maybe another American player. Because if you're looking, if this is an American league or a Canadian league, you want to bring those big stars back. Not when they're 33 or 34. Some in their heyday. I think that's what every league has. The Premier League, as international as it is, has the best English stars. Uh, Spain, kind of split a bit, but they have a lot of their own. Brazil has a lot of big Brazilian stars, even though most go to Europe. But you still have that connection. So I think MLS would, would would like to do that. I think in a perfect world, if you could bring in two guys, it would be Messi and Pulisic. But we'll see. Um, I mean, I, I just... Uruguay winning the under-20 World Cup. Some great scenes there as we saw what what occurred with regards to uh, a competition that we had high hopes for the U.S. U.S. end up losing to the champion, which they've done a couple times in the past, which makes it a little better, right? And now we have... 
World Cups won by South American teams on two occasions. You know, Argentina, the senior, Uruguay, the under-20s. Uh, the Americas are where it's at. And by the way, the Messi situation should open the pipeline between those two confederations. All eyes on Argentina are now with MLS. And now you want to see if you can arrange, because Messi is the conduit, you know, for we have the Copa America next year, but you have a lot going on with regards to uh, new relationships. I, I think we'd have great uh, great teammates if we had South America. We could We could take a shot at Europe. But everything's on the up and up. You know that. I know that. Uh, we uh, now wait to see how it all looks. I think Inter's going to struggle a little bit, Inter-Miami. But uh, who cares? Messi, euphoria is here. The Soccer OG. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. Check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. I have a video there on Lionel Messi that uh, I highly recommend. And I'll have a video there previewing the Nations League semifinals probably Monday, Tuesday, uh, for your viewing and listening pleasure. But let's get into the business end with Michele Giannone. Stick around for stoppage time as I break down the Champions League final. On uh, the Soccer OG, and one of the hardest working men, because I'd say if he was the hardest working man in American soccer, he'd say no, someone else is. So I'm going to say one of, because I've seen it firsthand, and what Michele Giannone, who works for Tudene and Univision, if you see him from afar, he's at these games. And when you see him on TV, you think there's this crew of six people around him. But it's just him <laughs> with, with a camera and a microphone. I mean, how do you? it's really just you most of the time, right? Yeah, mostly it's <laughs> me, especially when it's LAFC, Galaxy things, local coverage for Major League Soccer. It's mostly just me with my own camera, microphone, live view. And like you said, a lot of people are very surprised and shocked when they see me doing like what they call it, what? One man band. One man band. Everyone. But I'm, but I'm. You're but much I'm, better than I'm, a one man band. I've heard one man bands and they're not good. You see a guy with drums and you got, make it stop. But you are much, much more enjoyable. And I hope I didn't blow your cover because people, I probably honestly think that there's four people there with you. Um, <laughs> I remember there was like a, a league's cup announcement and you're there unpacking, you do the interviews, you pack up and you. It's you are a, a, a skill upon yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Max. It's it's an honor to be here with you. Uh, we've talked a lot in the past. You're one of my role models in the oh. uh, industry uh, since your days on ESPN impersonating Bowie at the Ryan Rusillo <laughs> podcast. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of yours, and it's um, I'm very excited and and happy and honored again to be here speaking with you today. And yeah, I, I mean. It's the TV magic, right? It's compared to when, when we're doing like, and, and I'm pretty sure maybe you did it one time, you're behind a desk and you think, oh, this guy has is wearing a suit. And then, no, you're on beach shorts and sandals <laughs> under the desk. That's how you and do so, it. <laughs> that, that's how you do it. And that's how I do it sometimes with, especially with LAFC the past uh, couple of years that I've been like mostly cover covering them. And of course they've been, MLS Cup, MLS Playoffs, now the CCL Final. It's been fun. It's very tiring because oh. you gotta, because uh, I mean, you're carrying equipment and you're you're just not doing, you're just, just not showing up, doing an interview and good night. Then you gotta write a script, edit yourself. But I enjoy it. It's it's part of all the years that I that I um, had the opportunity 
to learn those things, um, like learn how to work a camera, how the lining works, how the editing works, the writing works. And I honestly enjoy it. Of course, when you're tired, it's not great <laughs> when you have to do everything yourself. But I, I take proud, honestly, and, and, and putting ego aside, I take proud of, of being able to do multiple things and, and that, that I know I can do those things and do it well, which is not normal. Um, or I don't think it's, it's, the, um, it's the norm in the industry, at least. It's not. But, and I know, I, I, I encourage people to listen to this podcast because I know I get a lot of what, what is required to make headway in the business. And I would like to say you show up, you get hired and you, uh, you go on, someone puts a camera on you and you just, you start talking. It's <laughs> not that way. It's certainly not in 2023. And I hope people that listen and ask, and I'd say, you know, I've been learning new things because, and what you're doing, um, is is so important because if you didn't do it, then maybe through the end it doesn't have a presence because you you need someone to wear all these hats to be able to execute it. And obviously you could and just just put it the tip of the iceberg, not only with the interviews, because it could be English, it could be Spanish, it could be Italian. I've heard you uh with Giorgio Chiellini. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy <laughs> he's churning it out. But it, 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 it's so important to learn how to do all these things. And I, I fail at it. I, I would love to be a better editor. I'm very rudimentary at it, but I get some done. Um, but learning the technical side, um, not only with the stuff that you're working with, but what's coming down the pike? What's What are the things that is going to change the industry that you need to be aware of? And just be at an aptitude where things get much easier for you. But again, the technology changes so much, but... It, I mean, I would encourage people. It's like you've got to know how to do it all. And I think the, the so many folks that have been successful um, that have had like a platform that has been picked up by a bigger network. Um, for, can't think of an uh, example off the top of my head, but it's a uh, it's those self starters. Um, John Boy who does yeah. baseball. I don't know if you know, but he did these baseball sort of videos, and now he's got major sponsors, and it's doing it's doing really well. So uh, I, that's, I guess, the, the advice, and you would probably answer it better. But it's, it allows you to do it. It allows you to do so much, especially you. You can be on camera. That's that's almost the easy part, right? <laughs> to be on there, and then you make it look easy. Yeah. But then <laughs> you, you have all this other stuff. I mean, it's not just. I'm, I'm go getting long winded here, and I know we want to talk about the U.S. team, but it's not just being on camera and doing hits. It's having a rapport with the people you work with, and you're with the U.S. team with players and coaches. That's really hard because they, they don't like strangers to come in. You've got to develop those relationships. So it sounds exhausting, but I think it's what's required. If you want to get where you want to go. Yeah. Um, mostly what you're saying is, is very accurate. And it's crazy to think because people that don't know the business and just watch you on, on TV think, oh, my God, how do you, uh, you, you talk on TV? Must be nerve wracking. Uh, yeah, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's very, I mean. Sometimes you're just I, I too remember, tired to be nervous. <laughs> no, yeah, no, not just that, but you just said it. It's crazy. But once you learn the magic of TV, and what I'm talking about, the magic of TV is what we've talked about, like learn how to edit, like learn how to work a camera, learn how lighting, lighting works. That F bleep thing. <laughs> 
it's so much harder than just be a talking head. I promise you. Like lighting, lighting work, lighting work, um, even makeup, um, camera guys. Those guys are much more talented than we are. I promise you that. We do the easy stuff. Just talk <laughs> about about the things that 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 we know. No, but it's I appreciate the compliments. But it I, I just I just want I just want to let people know a little bit of the behind the scenes. And you see just one person on camera or two persons sitting at a desk, but behind that it's dozens and hundreds of people, much more talented than you, doing much more important work than you but we are the lucky ones that show face and people recognize and and i just want to give you a sh i just want to give a shout out to all the people that work behind the camera because they are the true talented and masterful people your producers uh people on the editorial staff everyone it's yeah. uh it's a bit and we don't have we don't have enough of them and we, yeah I, I say this because in a perfect world we would love to be fully staffed and budgets would be significant and we could execute every project we want but the reality is you can't um yeah. but if you want to you've got to be able to be nimble so uh that's why people like you and and the guys that we're mentioning are so valuable but i hope in a perfect world we have it coming out of our ears and money's flying around maybe this Lionel messy <laughs> thing will help that uh, by the way i want to I, I was going to mention this you mentioned my David Bowie impression. So I did a David Bowie impressions at ESPN. I'm going to see if I can load an old one on my Instagram. But I would dress up as David Bowie and do the voice, and I would do NFL picks. And Michele, yes. I would do – I was joking around, and I would do research. I'd okay, Jaguars are playing the Titans, da-da-da. What would be a cute way to sell it? Okay. And then the guy comes after me the first month, and he goes, and he goes, Max, these picks have been going uh, – the shows have been going well, but can I tell you something or what? He goes – You've been right on 14 of 16 picks. <laughs> it's like David Bowie knows his NFL. <laughs> and then I felt the pressure and then everything started going down because I started getting cute. But I think, I think if I kept hitting my picks, they would have probably done something with it. <laughs> I I love that. I, I love that. It was one of my favorite um hits. And and this these are the moments again that that you think. Like how how do I get here? Like I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just a guy, an immigrant that took a chance, come here with with to America and and tried to make something out of nothing, and now I'm sitting you talking talking to you when I used to watch you years ago and admire your work. Um, on I, I just I just I've done games with Luis Omar Tapia and Diego Balado on Univision yeah. and TUDN. Luis Omar Tapia is the reason why I wanted to be a soccer commentator. Watching him in Venezuela when he used to work at ESPN Latin America, we used to get his uh, the Champions League games in Venezuela. I'm talking when I was in 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 not even in high school, like like in middle school, um, and I knew, oh, I want to be that guy. Yeah, I, I have now, a similar a similar uh, and experience. now I get I get to work with with them i get to talk to you and it's it's just crazy it's it's a little reminder of of it's easy to say but i i'm i'm a true believer that if you work hard good things are going to happen yeah 
Uh, and hats off to those who work hard. By the way, Damian Adiaga, who I, I exchanged on uh, Twitter, uh, was very happy when I, I, I met. We exchanged something on Twitter, and he was very complimentary. He says, "You guys go way back." So, oh my God, we we grew up <laughs> playing soccer together in the same. We were neighbors in, in Venezuela? Venezuela. Yeah. Oh my God, small world, we were man. Neighbors. We were we were neighbors, and we used to like do pickup soccer. My building had a had a soccer field in the back. Well, like a, a five on five. Uh, small soccer field and every afternoon after school we just used used to play my building was like the the, the field where like the whole neighborhood got, gathered and we used to play pickup soccer and now he's like the drummer for the Jonas Brothers and Miley Cyrus <laughs> and it's like I grew up with he's that a great guy follow he's a great follow oh, he just sits and replaces his instruments he goes oh, I'm listening to this I'm like yeah. oh wow that's really good what a nice yeah, he had great. a lot of nice things to say about you over a spoken word I, lo I, I love him thank you thank you so much <laughs> oh brilliant so uh, look, this is a. Uh, there's so much to talk about. I run out, and like I, I, I get, I get on board with you, man. When, when I heard like when I'd watch the World Cups, and it'd be um, Andres Cantor, and then I would watch. I, I working at Fox, we'd watch a lot of torneos y competencia, and their number yeah. one announcer was Marcelo Araujo, and he would sing the broadcast, and I go, that's what I want to do. He had so much fun that I knew that this was a sport more than any other. That uh, to this day, it's still, it's, I can't believe I get to do what I do. And it's good to be part of this community, which includes yourself. And you, I mean, it's been nonstop. I mean, the European seasons have all ended, but now we pivot to the summer. And you've been with the U.S. men's national team who have been training in Los Angeles. You are in your rental car about to fly yeah. out to Las Vegas. So I want to thank Michele for, for his generosity, sitting in a, in a parking structure. To get on my podcast, <laughs> seated in his car in order to to prepare. But it, it's happening in Las Vegas, the Nations League. Yeah. USA plays Mexico. Panama plays Canada. Uh, two years ago, they had this. It was a bit of an experiment. It went off great. It was in Denver. I went to those games. It was packed. And this incredible final between the USA and Mexico. Now Canada's gotten so good that they're the, the top seed. And you have a tournament that... Uh, doesn't need too much selling, I don't think. I'm really excited. I mean, this is a uh, we got to take your credit off to FIFA. They created this Nations League. I rolled my eyes and go, okay, but whether it's here or in other parts of the world, it's been good and it feels like it's getting a lot better. And even if you like it or don't like it, it's here to stay anyway. So get to like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think the teams are taking it very seriously. The US, like in 2021, is bringing their A team the main team with the big European names to this tournament. And especially Thursday, when, when the Mexico US 70 semifinal game is happening, it's fun to see how even the Mexican people that were even more skeptical about these type of tournaments, you know, are very eager to beat the US and to claim the title. Because what happened on that summer of 2021 still stings a lot. And it was the beginning of the downfall of Tata Martino. Yeah. Then, then everything spiraled and in, ended up being out of the group stage in, in, in Qatar, which ended Tata Martino's tenure. But everything happened losing those two titles against the U.S. in the summer of 2021. The fans and the media they will never they could never let it go and they will bring that brought that summer and those two lost finals 
And nothing that Tata could have done after that, except like maybe winning the World Cup in 2022, was going to fix that. And I think it's a legit tournament. It's a very fun tournament. Um, I'm very interested to see now how the new format that starts in the fall is going to shape up everything. But this Final Four is very exciting. Like you said, it's just not the U.S. and Mexico anymore. And we're just seeing it, like you said. Canada is the, the, the number one seed. And on paper, Canada, I believe, is the best team. Yeah. For Nations they're the and They're for, the favorite, right? And for Gold Cup. Canada is the favorite for Nations and Gold Cup. If they bring, I don't know, I don't know what Canada is doing with the Gold Cup roster. Like Mexico is bringing the same team for both. The U.S. today released the Gold Cup roster, and it's as expected. Well, it's real a, quickly, I mean, because I know we, we exchanged on Twitter because there was these reports saying that it would be yeah. similar, and I, obviously those have been squashed, and you've been on the inside track and can confirm yeah. that. I mean, it was just got a bit erroneous, and I kind of took the bait. But what do you think about that roster? I mean, it's like I, I know people are going, oh, it's because it's not just an MLS team. There's a lot of European-based players. It's it's a nice yeah. squad. It's not the Nations League team by any means, but I mean, how would you rate it? Um, I will give it a BB plus. It's not bad. I'd be somewhere in the same boat. I, under, I, un, I understand <laughs> the fans can be underwhelming. <laughs> you think? <laughs> for the fa- that, that it could be, yeah, the fans can be underwhelmed. But I mean, people, if you follow, for example, my reporting, like, like I appreciate you saying that, even Anthony Hudson mentioned in April, uh, that they that the plan was just a just a small group players that were we were not gonna see like again the summer of 2021 with the big European uh, names like like Pulisic, Weston, Tyler, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, they didn't go to Gold Cup because you cannot have these guys for six weeks, seven weeks, the whole yeah, summer. Tomorrow. It's a, long a time very to... long year where it's been nonstop. Exactly, and and the clubs the clubs. Mm-hmm. First, they won't allow it, right? And 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 the and the U.S. Soccer Federation have been very clear. Like, sadly, I mean, sadly for the fans, the more players the USMNT or or in or, or in the future Mexico or Canada have in Europe is gonna affect tournaments like Gold Cup, right? As Nations League grow, and next year you have Copa America. And then, and then the World Cup comes back in the summer in 2026. Tournaments like Gold Cup, that especially have been playing every two years, are going to suffer because the European clubs are not going to allow their players, important players, to be first not having off days, right? Not having vacations. And then miss part of their preseason. At the, at the end, the players get paid by their clubs. And you got to, I mean, it's it's like pick your poison. Are you going to be happy that the U.S. can field yeah. a great team for That's Nations League? That's a great team? point. That's a good point. And, or be mad that the Gold Cup roster is not as exci- ex- 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 exciting on paper, but anything can happen. And I, and I know it sounds like cliche, but I was telling some, I was telling on Twitter also, just go ahead and Google the starting lineups in the Gold Cup final in 2021. I believe this roster that the U.S. is bringing to Gold Cup, it's better than the team that won that Gold Cup against Mexico in 2021. 
yeah, may, may, maybe this team doesn't make it to semifinals. Who knows? But the Federation has an issue. One, the schedule goes against them. Especially because you got to deal with the European clubs. And again, it's pick your poison. Do you want to fight with European clubs? And create tension? Create bad relationships? No. So you are not going to have those players. And when I say I put on the tweet, like you're pointing the finger at the wrong place, it's the players themselves that are telling the federation, hey, we need rest. We need vacation. We just sure came do. from a from a grueling European season. It's not the federation. And a December, players, and in many for them, a December World Cup. Exactly. It's not the federation telling the players, no, we're not calling you. It's a lot of the players, Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, et cetera, et cetera, telling the federation, hey, we are available for one tournament. So you pick. <laughs> and like 2021, the decision was made, okay, Nations League is just two weeks, one week of training camp, one week of tournament, and then and then it's better uh, for the European players. And then the federation is forced to make a difficult decision, which is to field uh, for fans maybe an underwhelming roster, which I think in this case it's much better than the 2021 roster, and it has a lot of exciting young players. Sure, uh, like I'm looking. Yeah, players like John Tolkien, Jalen Neal. Gaga Slonina, uh, Brandon Vasquez finally playing a, 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 an official tournament with Kate the USMNT. coming off a great under-20s. Yeah. Uh, Brian uh, Reynolds, Morris, who's... Aiden Morris, for me, is the best number six that, that, that Major League Soccer has. And I would have called him for Nations League, especially uh, not having Tyler Adams. So fans have to understand that I know the U.S. Soccer Federation is not very popular on fans' <laughs> eyes, but most of the cases is the players telling them, hey, we're not playing both tournaments. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, I think there's five European-based players. I think there's three in Mexico. It's it's a nice team. There's some guys we'll see develop. And to your point, you'll see uh, how deep this team goes. Because maybe a few years ago, you if you did this, you would see the gaps or the cracks starting to show because you wouldn't have... Yeah. That comprehensive depth. So that's coming up later on the Gold Cup. But, you know, the roster, we're recording this on a Monday. The roster came down today. So better time as any to to discuss it. But getting back to the Nations League, and we've already established, and I agree with you, Canada's the favorite. This company, when they USA played Mexico two years ago, US Mexico took the lead. USA tied it. Mexico took the lead. USA tied it. Christian Pulisic gets the game winner in extra time, like the 114th minute. It was bedlam. It was incredible. Costa Rica and Honduras were part of that final four. So two years later, because you have to qualify, and USA and Mexico might miss it out next time. They didn't. And let's hope they – obviously, they bring so much clout. But Canada and Panama have, have replaced Costa Rica and Honduras, and Canada went from out to the top, and they'll face the Panamanians. And who knows? I mean, Panama may be up to something, and no one's even mentioned them. And I, I, yeah. I'm not going to really mention them here, but I think it makes them a little more dangerous, and I'm sure they – are well aware of what lies ahead. But it, this USA-Mexico t- game as well could be, we had that game in Arizona a couple months ago. Now I have this. Maybe we'll have another ma- matchup in the Gold Cup. And then we we move forwards towards it. But this Nations League is, we talked about the Gold Cup roster. The Nations League roster is the heavy hitters. 
Florida, Pilar and Balogun is on this team, and we'll get him cap tied, hopefully, in that USA Mexico game. Um, you've been there. I was listening to his uh, his press meeting with Yunus Musa from a, I think it was a couple days ago, and yeah. you know people are there's a wide variety of questions being asked. You know, one was you know how much do you expect to play? I mean, I I don't know. You know, Ricardo Pepe's there. Um, I imagine he starts one of these games and plays somewhere in the somewhere in the region of like 100 minutes, 120 minutes. Balagun will play against Mexico for sure. Will he start? It depends on, on himself. Uh, I was talking with, with BJ Callahan. I had the opportunity to interview him a couple of days ago here in LA and some of the players. First of all, they're all impressed. Not impressed because, I mean, we all saw what Balagun is during his year in, at Stade de Reims. 21 goals in 35 games. I mean, spectacular level. But you never know until you see it in person, right? And some of the players were, were telling me, no, he's legit. Like, he's legit. He's, he's worth the hype. But, and this is linked to part of the conversation of what can we expect with B.J. Callahan as a coach. So B.J. Callahan came with Berhalter on December 2018 when they were when Berhalter was named um sorry December 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 2017 because Berhalter's first camp was January 2018. So B.J. Callahan has been one of his assistants for over for four years, right? And we're not going to expect anything different of what we saw in style of play that when we saw with Berhalter and then with Anthony Hudson. Of course, every coach has and his you're, own... You're saying it's not going to be different with Callahan now. It's not going to be different with Callahan, right? <laughs> so, so no formation team, changes from the 4-3-3? No, no. We're going to see the 4-3-3. We're going to see something similar that when what we saw. The only big change that we saw with Anthony Hudson, and I think we're going to see with B.J. Callahan instead of Berhalter, it's just the shape of the midfield. It's going to be the 4-3-3, but we, we got to remember that um, Berhalter played with Tyler as a lone six and then two number eights, which normally were Musa and McKenney. Now with Hudson, we saw a double pivot with a number 10, which was Gio Reyna. In the in the last nations, league, and, and just uh, just to clarify, there is no Tyler Adams. Maybe here reports that his injury. So they have got this is the most interesting part for me with this yeah. national team is how that midfield is created because we know I think it's gonna be I agree with you it's a double pivot, but who is gonna play those positions? Uh, my understanding, mm -hmm. well, I expect it to be Musa and McKenney with Gio Reyna playing as a ten. Okay. And See, you say we say that it's the same, but that's a pretty significant. Move. No, it's a significant. Yeah, that 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 that's as a formation because it opens the door yeah. for Gio Reyna, which so many people yeah. want to see. Yeah, and and it's um and it, it it was the main the main difference we saw from Berhalter to Hudson. I mean, the same four three three on paper, but the midfield shape was different. So it was basically like like a inverted pyramid, right? So we're gonna see something similar with Callahan, and in the case of Balogun, because we're gonna see the same thing. The team has been playing under the same mechanisms that they've been playing, same idea, same philosophy, same tactical uh, tactical ideas for the last four years. So per Callahan and per 
some of the players, it's how fast Balogun can adapt to what they want on how fast Balogun in this week can adapt to their ingrained tactical system. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. I wouldn't be surprised if Pepe starts and then Balogun comes in in 60th minute, 70th minute. So basically it's, the answer is how fast, how Balogun integrate to the philosophy, to the way of this team has been playing for the last four years because it's a very, um, very ingrained tactical system. We're not going to see anything different than what we saw with Berhalter and, and Hudson in philosophy. Again, we're, we're seeing a, a different shape of midfield, but the philosophy, what Berhalter, Hudson, and now Callahan want for the number nine, which is a guy that defends, right, links up well with the midfield. And if Balagun can do that and integrate himself quickly, which he appears to be doing, then he's going to start. If not, Pep is going to start. The rest of the team, we're going to see Serginho Des on the right, Jera Robinson on the left, Turner on, on as the goalkeeper, Moose and McKinney double pivot, Gio as a 10, Pulisic on the left, team well on the right. They're not going to be surprises. Center back, center back pairing, is it is there a, is it lean into maybe Zimmerman, Richards, or, I mean, it's not the full allotment of center backs, but it, it, that right. might be a, a fluid situation. I think, I, th- I think the leaning right now, it's Zimmerman on the, as a right center back and Chris Richard as, a, as the less center back. That's that's my guess. I'm not I'm not reporting this. That's what no, I'm I, hearing. And 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 no, you're reporting it. You're reporting it, Michele. I'm sorry. I'm reporting. It's, it's... Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm saying it. Quote me. Quote me. Quote me. I, I because... think that's that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, Zimmerman is a guy with experience now. He was a starter in the, most of the games in the World Cup. And Chris Richards, it's Chris Richards. If yeah, it's healthy, the, the, the talent. If Not the experience. If you have the experience. Exactly. You have the talent. If he's healthy, he's the he's the most talented center back of the group. Yeah, it's yeah. The one thing with with everything you said, it all makes sense. But without Tyler Adams, you are taking yeah. a, a a defense first guy, a guy who's a ball winner, and you're down one really because you're replacing him essentially with Gio Reyna, although they're different positions. Yeah. But you're bringing in an attacking player. So Balogun, Pulisic, Way, Reyna, those are four guys that aren't going to. Uh, way it may be to a lesser degree aren't going to really help you too much defensively um as best again that puts more pressure on Musa McKinney and obviously on the back line and uh the bread and butter for this U.S. team through the World Cup and all the games <laughs> is how good they are defensively and it keeps this team in games we saw that at the yeah. World Cup where they could get out of their group and score what two goals and that was enough uh but that's that's fascinating to me because how does that uh, unbalance this really good defensive team, or is it is it time to unbalance this really good defensive team and give it some more wings where we could become a team that scores two goals a game or averages a goal and a half or two goals a game? Um, right. But that's it. But that puts a lot of pressure on Gio Reyna. And this this yeah. is, uh, I, I think everyone wants to see it. I think there's a possibility that at some point maybe Musa McKinney and it's maybe Johnny Cardoso comes in there if they want to be more defensive. But this is what we've been waiting for. And Gio Reyna, who's... You know, had an interrupted last year with the national team, uh, not a, yeah. uh, logging a lot of minutes with his club. Does it? Does this feel like the? It, it is there. Well, put it this way: Is it safe to say not? There's more pressure on him to deliver than anyone else, or something like that. 
I think there's just ingrained pressure because of what happened off the field yeah. with with his parents, right? And 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 Berhalter being gone because of that uh, controversy and what happened with him in the World Cup, where he was almost kicked out of the team. That happened. I think that all the reporting that that came out i was there yeah it was it wasn't a it wasn't a pretty situation it was it was no some unhappy people in that camp when that happened yeah and 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 he 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 was to blame like he was the one that was lacking on training he wasn't the one that that wasn't putting the effort because he was angry that he wasn't a guaranteed starter and and he has a lot a lot to prove uh one of the things that it looks that it's already fixed because there were a lot of questions about how will how would the group will like take him back and everything that I've seen in camp and talk with people like he's fully ingrained like that door that door is shut already what happened happened we turned the page he's one of the guys and I've always said Max and I don't know if you agree but I think Gio Reyna is the most talented player in the pool yeah when, yes. when he's when he's healthy, he's the most talented player in the pool. And I remember something that Tony Meola told me, I think it was like two, three years ago. And he said, if we get to the World Cup of 2026 with Christian Pulisic not being the best player and the most talented player in the in the team, we have a shot. And I think we're in the right direction because right now, I believe if healthy. Christian Pulisic is not, let me rephrase that. If healthy, Gio Reyna is the most talented player going towards 2026. But again, that if healthy, the if is a very big if. We've seen it, we saw it last year. And hopefully he can turn the page also on on the injuries and, and show the type of player that he is. But yeah, I, I will say that on the field, because of everything that happened and because of the level of talent, he has to answer the bell. And we know he, he can because uh, he scored the first goal on that Nations League final against Mexico on that, that game in Denver. So I know he can, and I'm very confident. The only wrinkle, Max, I think is just the coaching, right? Mexico, it's led by a very, very good coach in Diego Coca. And BJ Callahan has never coached a professional soccer game in his life. And now he's gonna his first game is gonna be against Mexico on a Nations League semifinal. So that doesn't that doesn't bathe me with confidence, uh Michele, Michele. I believe I believe the talent on paper and on the field, the USMNT it's still superior to Mexico. Yep. But in-game adjustments, that's where we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how BJ Callahan is going to manage those situations, right? So, but I'm confident that if healthy, if the team can be on the field, those 11 that we talk about, make it a, make it 12, counting Pepe, or 13, bringing Brandon Aronson from the bench or whoever you want to bring in, the U.S. has more talent than Mexico, but I think Mexico has a wide margin advantage on the coaching staff. So I think that it's going to be a fun game. 
I, I like how you, how you phrased it. Uh, just to put a, close the book on Geo Rainex, you fra- you said it better. I said feeling the most pressure. That's not the right way to describe it. I guess the guy with the most to prove, and yes. he is the most talented. Uh, I I I would say Pulisic is still the most reliable and the guy we still turn to. But that could change. Yes. Maybe it changes here on Thursday night, and again over the weekend. But uh, it's it's going to be very exciting, and this is, the, I mean, with a, with the exception of a couple injuries and a couple guys they didn't bring in for one reason or the other, this is close to premium a number one USA squad that maybe we'll see in twenty twenty six. Although some young guys, I'm sure, will pop up into the circuit. Okay, McKaylee, I have it hit me like a fist last night. Just follow, play along with me, and tell me if you if I'm a crazy person. So. <laughs> Jesse Marsh reported that he was going to be the choice for the U.S. That was like two weeks ago. Uh, nothing, Nothing's really concrete since. Now we're hearing that there's other guys being interviewed. Then I hear this, 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 this bomb of Christian Pulisic speaking on behalf of Greg Berhalter and people went bananas. And he's like, and then I, you were great. You know, these guys have every right to say, what's the big deal? I go, yeah, why are we being critical yeah. if they were appreciative? And then I think you did the interview with Tim Weah. Yeah. Where he was like, we, Greg was great. Um, now, Greg, there's been some other players along the way. I think there was this veiled one from Joe Scally on Football Americas when they asked, what kind of coach would you like? He goes, one that doesn't coach it like a club team and these intricacies. And that, that was kind of probably a shot at that. But that was, you know, a guy who's wasn't on the inner circle with Burhalter. But let me get back on the rails here. Based on what <laughs> I've said about Jesse Marsh, and I, I, I don't think they're going to leave him hanging in the wind. And then what I heard about Greg Burhalter, I saying for the first time since all of this kind of went sideways that Greg Burhalter is coming back. I truly believe it. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. U.S. is going to have to explain themselves out of this paper bag. Oh, wait a minute! But I go. I don't know. I mean, at some point they're going to lean into these players and say, what do you want? And if Pulisic and Way and who knows, who knows who else says we want Greg, maybe that carries enough weight. Am I crazy? You are not. <laughs> you are not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you are not crazy because, Max, I've been covering this team since January 2017. And I've been at every Bre- Greg Berhalter game and camp since January 2018. Players love him, man. Um, I I've asked, spoken to sorry to interrupt you. I've, I've spoken to a few of his assistants, um, Nico Estevez, because we're doing this yeah. coach's call, and I yeah. go, these are his assistants, but Nico Estevez and Luchi Gonzalez, Luchi, yeah. It's not just that they uh say good things about him, they adore him, yeah, yeah, they, they do. adore, they they can't say a bad word. And they go, he changed my, I mean, Nico Estevez, in so many words, said he changed his life for the better, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, and 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 the players also. And the crazy thing about my interview with with Tim Weah is that I didn't ask about Berhalter. <laughs> Unsolicited, it just came up. I asked, I asked Tim, what has been, if you have to point something out of the USMNT success over Mexico for the past two years, because we got to remember the last five games the USMNT is unbeaten. Against, against Mexico. Um, the last Mexico victory against the U.S. was September 6th of 2019. So that's almost four years ago. Without, I just asked Tim, well, hey, 
what has the USMNT been doing to be so successful against Mexico the last two years? And you can hear the answer. He says, this answer, this question takes me back to Greg, to Berhalter. And then he starts saying all that he said, that they're a great team, they're a family, their togetherness, their confidence. Every, all of that, it's thanks to the, world, to, the, to the work of Berhalter and his assistants. Uh, Lu, all, all the assistants that have been there, Nico Steves, Lucci, Dan Hudson, uh, Josh Wolf, uh, now BJ Callahan. Max, I'm just going to say this. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if Berhalter comes back. And I'm going to take something that Matt Crocker say, said. Matt Crocker is the new sporting director, for people that don't know. He's in charge of hiring the new coach. He said, we haven't made the decision of the new coach because we have to do a, a search. And that search in includes waiting for club's situation to pan out. That clearly means, and I know it for a fact, they're waiting to see what happened if, Jess, if Jesse Marsh signs with a club. They're waiting to see what happened if Berhalter signs with, a, signs with a club because he has their clubs. I think I saw a report this morning from ESPN in, in, in Holland. In oh, the for Berhalter, possibly. Yeah. On, yeah. So that's why they haven't hired a, co hired a coach. They're waiting for the summer, the summer transfer window and the European clubs to be set with their coaching hiring situations, Makes including sense. Berhalter, yeah. inclu including Jesse Marsh specifically. And if one of those names is available, they're going to go for it. I've said for many months now, please stop with the... I know that we live in a, in a, in a, in a era of clickbaiting, and, and, and Twitter and all, yeah. of that, and all of that crap. And, you know, a report saying that, oh, U.S. Soccer Federation is interested in uh, Jose Mourinho and then uh, it gets aggregated. Guys. Oh, the Pep Guardiola ones now and they have a photo of him. He goes, now it's time. Wait We're, a minute. They, it's, it's not, it's not going to be Guardiola. It's not going to be Mourinho. It's not going to be Ancelotti. Let's start with, with, the, with the obvious one. Which is the financial the, the the money situation? Greg yes. Berhalter didn't make even two million dollars was his salary less than two million dollars. These guys it are just, making just over ten. Yeah, the club guys are making ten, twelve, fifteen. They're not U.S. Soccer Federation are not gonna pay those guys. So we're gonna end up with Jesse Marsh, Greg Berhalter, Jim Curtin, uh, those type of names. Maybe some international names like. I do believe that Patrick Vieira is sure, a name yeah. that, that, it, that is in consideration. But the final decision is going to happen first after Gold Cup ends to start with. And second, because it coincides with all these names that are available if they don't get hired by clubs. So that's, that's the situation. But you're not wrong, Max. If I have to put a percentage, I will say... I will say 50% Jesse, 25% Berhalter, and the other 25% divided on Someone the other else. names that, that yeah. you hear. Um, Jim Curtin, Sherondolo, Patrick Vieira, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the, the one thing it's, and look, what happened with the Reinas is unsavory 
And if Greg Berhalter was appointed, there are going to be a lot of uh, questions they don't want to answer. Go, what about this? You know, what about those? I mean, what about yeah. Gio Reyna? What about his role? What about um, having a coach and then sitting him? People will say this, even though to your point, it's like he's he's in the open market and looking for for what's yeah. out there in, in the club game. I go, why would you have a guy not coach and then bring him back and miss the whole summer? So there'll be a lot of questions to answer, but I think, and I'm not I'm not signing off on this, but I, I, I if I, I put myself in, in Matt Crocker's shoes, I go, I, there's a lot of goodwill built. He didn't do a bad job. He did a really good job. There was just court of yeah. public opinion. He's maybe he he was a bit taxing, and the tactics didn't quite work. They didn't score a lot of goals. But if you have that goodwill built and and the results were were satisfactory or better, then why make a big change unless it's for Jose Mourinho, for somebody who kind of fits the better. I mean, Jesse Marsh is a better profile because of his time overseas, but still an American coach who kind of came through MLS, much like Greg Berhalter and the other guy said it. And then you already have that guy who's in there and they get the players like him. I go, sometimes you go to the path of least resistance. So I, I think it gives Berhalter a shot, but I'd be curious to see if, if a club steps up for one of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> I, I can safely say that if the Gio Reyna situation doesn't happen, Bert Halter would be the coach today. He was going to get resigned after the World Cup. So mm-hmm. it's an unfortunate situation for everyone involved, especially for Mrs. Bert Halter. She shouldn't have to be dealing with this again. Well said. Relive, reliving this again after so many years. She's the only victim here. <laughs> and, and, and I feel bad for her. And, and then, like you said, I mean, again, I didn't ask Tim Weah for about Berhalter. He just there's something at play, man. I there's something there. And, and it was those two guys, Pulisic and Weah. Do I, mean, I want the top five players? Do, do I do I think Berhalter's cycle should have ended no matter what? Just talking on the field after after the World Cup. Yes, I do believe that. Do I believe the the more than one cycle? That this is my opinion, not just for the U.S. I think that a coach that a coach shouldn't coach more than one World Cup cycle, and that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Yeah. So, but it doesn't pay. It doesn't work out all that well the second cycle. It does sometimes, most, but most, it's an out of an outlier. Exactly, and but no, I, I wouldn't be shocked if if Greg Berhalter comes back. There's so many layers and everything to this. And it, I mean, we barely scratched the surface of this game but uh we've been on here so long and Michele it's so easy to talk to you about these things I could go in a lot of directions but I would love to get your thoughts on Lionel Messi who's mm-hmm. coming in I mean we've had time to absorb it it's when I, I I'm trying not to tweet anymore Messi because it's so saturated but you know you see the, <laughs> I mean, and I hate to use social media as a gauge but what happened with Inter Miami's accounts was unbelievable yeah. where they've gone up 800 percent from a million Twitter, Instagram followers to eight, nine million and growing. Um, the fact that people are blindly buying seats, you know, yeah. there's a game LAFC playing Inter Miami and they're selling that out. And I'm like, it's a, it's an international date. So there's a good <laughs> chance he's going to be in all likelihood going to be with Argentina. There's going to be a lot yeah. of games he does. We look at David Beckham and Zlatan, the, maybe the two biggest names to come here. They didn't play for a while. Beckham in particular didn't play for a while. And finally, started settling in, but the first few months were a bit of a wash. Um, but it, th- that's not to discourage it. It's going to be amazing, but you see with the social media handles, I, I know people are tweeting me and saying, 
it feels like Apple TV made did highway robbery with their deal, which is not the case yet. We'll have to see, but it's it's such a much more valuable product because I I, I know based on those numbers, based on what we've seen with Messi, how he moves the needle more, like ten times more than any other athlete, more than Tiger Woods, more than LeBron James combined, he yeah. moves the needle, and it's it's a global needle. So in Argentina, everyone's going to want to sign up for Apple TV. Um, yeah. In Spain and these places, because where else can you see Messi? And that obviously brings eyeballs to the league. So it's a, it's a win 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 across the board. I, um, the only time place I'm I'm worried it may not be a win is for Inter Miami. I think it, it's gonna take some time, but it, obviously it will get there. Uh, we're all excited because we get to to be here when it happens. We all spend some time in Miami. Hopefully not in July and August. But uh, how big is this? Ah, uh, wow. It's difficult to put into words, right? Obviously, that 2000, big. <laughs> two, yeah, 2007, there's a before and after with David Beckham, right? Because um, Beckham, thanks to Beckham, it was the DP was created. So that, that's been huge for the league, right? We got to remember that this, this league almost folds after just one year in, in 1997, right? And, and some teams like Tampa Bay Mutiny, Miami Fusion, remember Miami Fusion? Got contracted, I, yeah. I, I had that jersey. They they didn't make it, and 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 a lot of teams were like in the red. Did you have a, a fusion player jersey, or is it just a blank? No, name? just a blank jersey. Okay. Just a, just a blank name. But I'd be curious um, who that player would be. <laughs> There's some good ones. I had I I had um, I had a Metro Star Savarese jersey. Ooh, el super that, suplente. That belongs in a we, museum. We the, yeah, we got the original. Um, it was called the, the Super Sub Savarese. Yeah. And because in Vene in Venezuela, you know, in Venezuela, soccer is not it. It's 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 growing a lot, but especially at that time, soccer was we, we there was no Venezuelan player playing outside of Venezuela that it was well known. So Sabarese playing in 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 the in the United States, this new league. Oh, this is new, and and who's this guy? And we got the Metro Stars games in Venezuela because of Sabarese. And I remember I got the jersey, and and I used to watch all the games. I was Roberto Donadoni was in that team. Uh, Tony Meola was on, on on goal, right? And it was super fun. But but going back to uh, to original question, um, I mean it's the the it's the arguably the best player of all time. I mean, some player will say at, at, at his height, at his height, at his height, yeah, because he he's coming up the World Cup six months ago, yeah. yeah. And I fully believe he can play two, three, four more years at a super high level, especially because Major League Soccer, it's, it's, I mean, it's still not at the level as the European leagues and in the World Cup level that we see. And Lionel Messi is still delivering on those levels, right? And it's great for us. For example, um, reportedly, his first game is going to be July 21st against Cruz Azul for League's Cup. And that's a game that we at Univision, we broadcast. So it's 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 a win-win-win-win-win win for everyone. You're going to be taking that one-man traveling crew <laughs> down to Miami. No, for... for but, there, but, but there you have it. No, for Messi, no. For Messi, it's it's a 20... The big boys. Me, the big the boys. Big, the big boys. So, Max, I, I truly believe this is the greatest moment in MLS history. I mean, it's this is like prime Maradona, like Maradona, in his after winning the gold, the the World Cup in '86, 
coming to Major League Soccer or after making the final in 1999. I don't know. I, I just I just think that this is going to be a before and after, especially on one thing, something that a lot of people like myself continue to scream and raise our fist pumps up this to towards the sky that the league has to loosen up the spending yeah. and the transfer rules huge this is important if we want that this messy signing becomes what the leagues what the league and everybody involved including us want to happen for the future of the league this has to be this has to go even beyond Messi, right? Because Messi at one point is going to stop playing. Like Beckham, Beckham left, but he left leaving a legacy. And his legacy was the DP creation. One of his legacy, right? Yeah. One of his legacies might, was the beginning of the attraction to bring in Lionel right, Messi, exactly. which has been in play for many years. Exactly. And I do believe, and hopefully that this is going to help the teams. And we, 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 I know he got criticized, but he was right. When after LAFC loses the final, the CCL final against Leon, like Steve Sherondolo was telling that if we want to compete in the international level, we need to loosen up these roster rules and these spending rules. Um, and I do believe that with this Messi signing, it's going to help doing that. Maybe not as fast as we want it, but this that's the next step that major league soccer needs to do to finally open the the gates and 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 all this international talent can come to to major league soccer and 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 to major league soccer to make the next step in quantity in quality and 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 and, and players can come here not just to retire uh, not just to to play for because now, for example, Inter Miami. But, yeah, a lot of people want to come here now to, to play against or with Messi. With so Messi, that's but, a big but draw. In, but Inter Miami, even if they have the means to pay, they cannot pay because now Inter Miami is going to have their three DP spots covered. And if a guy like Luis Suarez or Sergio Busquets, all these guys that I'm just mentioning because they've been in, in on reports, right, and and rumors, or even Neymar, um, they're not. At the end, they want to come here, but they're not going to come here to make a million dollars per season. You know, that's that's that that needs to change. And you need to give the teams the tools to bring those type of players without having to maneuver and, and, and do this juggling acts like LAFC did last year with Gareth Bale and with Giorgio Chiellini to bring the names there you go. to Major League Soccer. Hard work juggling. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, man, I, I'm excited. I cannot wait. It's it's going to be crazy to see Lionel Messi wearing an MLS <laughs> Inter Miami jersey. It's going to be exciting. Uh, it's, again, I think, I, I don't want to be re- repetitive, but it's the most, when he steps on the field wearing that Inter Miami jersey is going to be the biggest moment in U.S. soccer yes. history, in Major wow. League soccer history, because, like you said, you mentioned Apple. Apple is viewing more everywhere. Than Apple TV and 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 season pass is viewing more than a hundred countries all over the globe, the globe, and it's gonna be probably one of one of, if not the most watched soccer game, at least club soccer game of all time. Wow. 
Yeah, I can't deny. I mean, there's so much here. By the way, I was doing the Rail Salt Lake game. They don't have Inter-Miami uh, on their schedule. But if they win their semifinal of the Open Cup and Inter wins theirs, yeah. they'd play each other. And I just imagine Messi <laughs> playing for the U.S. Open Cup. And it's just, it's it's incredible. I it's just Sandy Utah. It's Sandy Utah. Yeah, but all of those, all of those perceptions are going to be blown out about playing in certain cities and yeah. seeing Messi. And everyone says, if he can do it, we could certainly do it as well. Uh, it's... Everything you said rings a hundred percent true. Uh, it's and look, he has he hasn't even signed yet, and he's already no. caused that huge. He's already gone millions of eyeballs because of those social media accounts, and for he's probably already sold a ton of subs. And he has uh, uh, what else? Oh, he sold uh, thousands, tens of thousands of tickets everywhere. Hasn't even signed. Yeah. So yeah, he could just he could he could say no tomorrow, and then they've already made. I mean, it's already <laughs> been a huge business decision. Crazy. Yeah. Michele Giannone, uh, to, to the N, Univision. Also, when he and Nico Cantor have a little more time, you can hear him on the U.S. Football Pod. This was awesome, my friend. And again, so much more to discuss. <laughs> Safe travels to Las Vegas. Uh, always, always alternate between betting on black and red if you want to have a nice time at the roulette. <laughs> and that's Godspeed to you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Max, thank you so much. It was an honor again. Like I said, you're one of my role models. You and, and Donnie Brandon Seth are my favorite uh, soccer broadcasting duo <laughs> in the United States. Um, <laughs> I'm always excited to watch and, and hear you guys on, on MLS Season Pass. And tell Donnie, he, he, did, he deleted Twitter. Like I was, I was yeah. trying to, to add him or, or send him a, a message. Um, after the first game of the season, when I when I when I listened to you guys, but he somehow found found my tweet, and he reached out to me. It's super nice. I, we, I, we, I think I told him something that you said about yeah. us. As I was very, it was very gracious and 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 yeah, and and for all the people, just um, we're gonna be broadcasting Nations League and Gold Cup. I'm gonna be on the sidelines for for the for the broadcast. I have double duty on Thursday. I'm doing Canada and Panama, and immediately after the U.S. Mexico, and then. Whatever the USMNT plays, the final or the third or fourth place game on Sunday, I'm excited. Um, I cannot wait. Vegas, it's I don't like Vegas as a city, but that stadium is sweet. <laughs> it's gonna be 60,000 people, mostly Mexicans, but it doesn't matter. It was like that on 2021 with the USMNT won that Gold Cup. I cannot wait, and 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 thank you so much for, for having me. My man. And uh, by the way, I'm excited for Canada, Panama as well. I'm excited for both those games. Yeah, people, are, <laughs> people, are, people are sleeping on Canada. Canada can sweep the summer. And and everybody's and, and going to be like, what happened? Well, yeah, that happened. It, honestly, I want USA to win, but that would be the best thing that could happen because it would show you that it's a three-headed monster at CONCACAF. Yeah. And we need more countries that are, are players on the world stage and Canada can become one. Although their defense is a little leaky. I don't know if I have the defense to hang up with the other two in the big picture, but we'll see. Uh, Michele Giannone stepping out of the business end. I'll be back with stoppage time. We'll put uh, my thoughts together on the Champions League final as Manchester City lift the trophy. This is the Soccer OG. Okay, it's time now for stoppage time. I'll keep this brief. I try not to make it longer than an hour, but the conversation with Michele was going great, so I didn't want to stop it. Uh, my observations of the Champions League. There's so much to absorb. I don't want to shortchange it, but alas, uh, there's so much time in the day. So 
Manchester City, deserved champions, beating Inter in Istanbul 1-0. And it doesn't really matter uh, the means, and Pep Guardiola has said this, the Champions League of winning it is the process of qualifying, which they've been so good for. Manchester City, it was never going to be easy, apparently. They get over the hump. So many clubs, we saw it with Leon and the CONCACAF Champions League, hover around, peppering, trying to get the breakthrough, and eventually you do. Um, sometimes it's a, it's a long grind, and we, we've seen so many clubs go through it, but you, you have to learn some lessons, I guess. And I did find it a little bit ironic that is, Pep is now the greatest modern man, manager of all time, but there was some irony that it came on for me uh, on a day where he was uh, outmaneuvered by Simone Inzaghi. I looked at this Inter team, and I kept telling myself, how did they make it here? How is this team playing for Champions League final? I'm not disrespecting them. I'm just shocked. They don't have the personnel. You could see the talent gap. It looked like a, uh, one of those NCAA tournament games where it's a three seed versus a 14 seed. I'm not saying the 14 seed can't win, but you could see the talent gap. Faster, stronger, more technical, more depth, more money. And I, I was just sitting there. I was like dumbfounded. I know, I mean, I watched some Serie A, and, uh, and, but even then I was like, I, I had to see it there and see those two teams together. Well, how are they on there? Uh, Pep Guardiola. Uh, and I don't want to poo-poo on it because I'm a huge Pep fan. But, you know, when you, you toy around with a, a formation or tactics that work, that got you there, you're on the hook for it. So when you change your back line and take out Kyle Walker, who was, to me, the best player against Real Madrid in that second leg, if you come out and d- dominate, you are the hero. But if it doesn't work and it didn't, you are open to criticism. That's how it works. Pep Guardiola is probably the first to tell you that. I didn't understand that. Um, the uh, the idea of implementing your tactics, Inter won that right from the beginning. Frustrating for Manchester City, who couldn't um, crack Inter. You know, Manchester City have, have played teams that have played defensively and spoil the play time and time and time again. And they've found a way, and they've done it convincingly. They couldn't get it here. Credit to Inter. But again, I was like... All due respect, if they faced a, a much... I mean, granted, they played Real Madrid in the semis, but if you faced an informed team in one game side that had a little bit more resources the way Man City played, I don't think they win on a Saturday. They take the lead, killing the game off. Right after they scored, Inter had three, four guilt-edge opportunities. And by the way, I know people are ripping Lukaku, but those are some good chances. He didn't hoof them over there. He put them on frame. Could have he put them a little better? Yes. But still... Uh, There's no criticism for Lukaku for me. He put himself in position to get those chances. But Man City substitutions didn't really work. Obviously, losing Kevin De Bruyne uh, was a disappointment and uh, also further emphasizes the point that um, he's a deserved Champions League winner, but he wasn't on the field there, but he was part of this process that got them there. And then just closing out the game. It was, uh, it just, it wasn't the finest hour for Pep Guardiola. I don't think he's shaking the big finals game uh, perception. But then again, I'm not taking anything away from him. He is the best, winning the treble. Uh, with regards to Manchester City, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Sheikh Mansour, first time he'd been to a game. We've talked so much about Middle East interest. I will say I like the Middle East interest in the case of Man City because I enjoy watching them play. It's fun. It's a super club. And you, to, if big money is going to come in to create teams like that, 
I am on board. I'm not on board all the time with the Middle East coming in and just spending with regards to collecting this intellectual property because they have the money to spend on it where others don't. You know, they could do whatever they want. They want Formula One, they create it. They want this golf tour, they create it. If they want to create the best gallery, art gallery on the planet, they could buy all the Picassos and Rembrandts and put them up there because uh, money talks. And they've done it with soccer and they're going to do it with their soccer league. So I'm not here to to go at them because, pe- you know, they have these 115 allegations that they are going to face and it's going to probably make history look not so fondly upon this team. But uh, I, I enjoyed watching them. I, I hope there's more super teams. I like soccer with the super teams, uh, which is not really my thing. I'm always kind of the plucky underdog normally, but it's just so nice to watch. I don't want to watch spoiled, ugly football defensive-minded, you, we're going to park the bus, etc. I'm not eh, too old for that now. So it was great to see the celebrations because, you know, Jack Grealish, by the way, I got to give credit to Ted Lasso and uh, Brendan Hunt and that because they created the Jamie Tart character and then you see Jack Grealish celebrity and you, celebrity and you can't forget what the Jamie Tart character looks like and what Jack Grealish does. It's the same person. But he was partying. He's a young guy. And I I love seeing that. So it is, uh, for Manchester City, uh, the end of a long journey for this. But not that long. I mean, at the end, I was watching the coverage with Micah Richards. And he's trying to sell us these plucky underdog Man City. Go, please stop. Plop, stop. I'm on board. I enjoy watching it. But don't create a false narrative. Uh, By the way, the CBS coverage was outstanding. The access is incredible. I mean, that was one of the things that stood out because there's been a lot of criticism for the coverage at BT Sport, which didn't have the firepower that CBS does. It makes me wonder because BT Sport, their audience is considerably larger than the American audience for CBS, which was on the network. And they're spending uh, a lot of money, not just for the talent, but for the access so they can get Pep Guardiola to come over and to get Erling Holland to have these interests. I mean, that we're spoiled rotten. But it makes me wonder, um, Is are you getting bang for your buck when we're talking about a million and a half viewers? Maybe more. I don't know what the numbers were, but it's maybe two million viewers. I mean, that's a, that's a big commitment. Um, I just have my guard up because I know covering soccer, you kind of have to do it in a very thriftful manner. So if CBS keeps doing this and I'm, you know, I'm on board and I hope it continues, I, I'm being realistic here. I just, if BT Sport is tightening the belt covering a huge game with one of the country's own in Manchester City. So they have a huge audience. They had a bunch of Manchester City guys, Julian Lescott, um, among others, uh, drawing a blank is for the rest of them. Uh, Then why are they doing it? Why are they using the CBS uh, blueprint? But uh, it's working now. I'm curious to see if it's sustainable because there's a huge dollar sign attached to it. But the CBS coverage was excellent. And... Uh, just the one part about you know selling Manchester City is the little engine that could. No, no, no. And I'm not here to, to crap on Manchester City. I enjoy it. Uh, I, I thought they made the occasion even bigger because you're seeing all these superstars. It looks like they'll be able to be the top team moving forward. The pressure is on others to compete with them in Europe as well as in the English Premier League. Uh, it's... Uh, it, 
I mean, the, the things that, you know, you, you, you walk away with is, and, and I, I, am I sounding a little bit negative about it? I, I, I don't want to sound negative, but I, I, I enjoyed the final. I know it wasn't a perfect game. Clive Tildesley kept telling me what a great game it is on the broadcast. I'm like, ah, it's not, but it was still a good final. It was still a good final. And, uh, and again, I'm not, uh, inter, much respect. I just, I don't know how it happened. I looked at that. I go, What? You don't have these past finals, Real Madrid and Liverpool. And, I mean, I guess the Tottenham Hotspur final was a little bit off kilter. But by and large, um, this was uh, this was a final that no one really expected. Remember, Inter couldn't get out of the round of the, the groups. And then all of a sudden, they make the knockouts and they make it all the way to the final game. So there's a lot there to take away. And I was, I will, one thing I don't want to take away from this, I never want to hear, if, if I hear Wonderwall or Oasis one more time, uh, that's one time too many. And I saw these American fans singing it and it was like, it was just this, they're in a, somewhere in New York or Chicago and it's dozens of Man City fans that are American singing uh, Wonderwall after the game. Anyway, I mean, a British pop like that is, is the worst Sorry, I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm still being way too negative, <laughs> but you know, you see that phenomenon that uh, Manchester City and the power of these clubs. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty exciting. I had more to say, but I've taken too much time. I appreciate you guys tuning in for the Soccer OG. Rate, review, download, subscribe. Check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Pretos. Until I see you next time, Placido Domingo.